Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op, offering fuel, food, and drinks on Highway 13. Arcola Co-op, you're at home here. Today, Saskatchewan has its first reported case of anthrax in livestock in two years. We hear from the province's chief veterinary officer, Dr. Stephanie Smith. We take a look at this week's grain markets and find wheat is down and canola up for the week. Real Agriculture visits a Tisdale farm to hear about growing gluten-free oats. We have an update on crops in the Kindersley District in west-central Saskatchewan and a look at the grasshopper threat to crops this summer. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call one 800 324 7778 and Mazenk Fuels, your local branded Petro Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazenk 306 721 6667. The Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture has confirmed a case of anthrax in the RM of South Capel, east of Regina. It's the first anthrax case in two years in this province. Saskatchewan's Chief Veterinary Officer, Dr. Stephanie Smith, says anthrax was confirmed as the cause of death in one animal in a flock of sheep and is the suspected cause of death of four additional sheep on the same farm. So we've had anthrax confirmed of of a lab result as a cause of sudden death in one animal. Um, This was an animal that was submitted to the lab and then anthrax was discovered. We suspect that it's likely the cause of death in four other animals from that same premises, um, but they had not been submitted for testing. So this this was the fifth animal that was detected on. Outside of that, we haven't had any additional detections within this flock. Anthrax is a concern during certain weather conditions. We are concerned about anthrax in in dry years or in flooding years or in changes in soil moisture, just because this can lead to a buildup of spores on pasture. Um, And more particularly, if we have areas of drying, you know, those are areas where, where animals can now access and become exposed to spores and then subsequently become infected with anthrax. Some animals are more susceptible to anthrax spores. So the animals that are more susceptible are species such as bison, cattle, sheep, goats, deer, and elk. Horses can also become infected. Um, Some of our species that are less likely to be infected would be things like dogs and cats. Dr. Smith says there may be more cases this year. So typically we've seen the odd case of anthrax. Our last case that we've detected was in 2019. And it's really tough to say whether we'll see additional cases or not. Certainly with the fact that it is a drier year, we could potentially see subsequent cases of anthrax this year. 
but it's very tough to say because anthrax is, of course, commonly present. Dr. Smith says anthrax can be prevented by vaccination. It really depends upon the area of the province. I mean, typically what we've recommended is areas where we have seen previous anthrax outbreaks, producers should vaccinate their animals. So in that case, we would typically direct producers to speak with their veterinarian, depending upon the risk to their animals in the area that they live. And then oftentimes when we have seen an anthrax outbreak, we do see producers in those areas begin to vaccinate their animals. She explains further. I would suggest that people would talk with their veterinarian depending upon the risk in their area. Again, it really depends upon the weather conditions and whether or not we've, what, what those previous outbreaks looked like and how, how much risk there is to those animals. Just by looking at it, no, that's correct. There are a number of causes of sudden death that can look very similar. So what we do recommend whenever we do have sudden death of an animal is for producers to talk with their veterinarian because the testing for anthrax is quite easy, but it does need to be done by a veterinarian and confirmed by our lab. Dr. Smith says it can be difficult to determine cause of death. She says it is a fatal disease. Typically it is fatal. Once once it's seen, there are options to treat the rest of, of the herd preventatively if they've been on a pasture that could be a concern for an outbreak. Uh, but yeah, typically once we've detected it, it has been after a sudden death of an animal. It's very difficult to detect the disease prior to it having a fatal effect. Smith advises producers to check their livestock often. I would just encourage producers to keep a close eye on their animals, you know, over the summer here. In addition to anthrax concerns, we have other causes of of death, of course, that we need to be really closely watching, such as big changes in water quality, things like algae blooms and things like that can certainly lead to other other concerns, both health-wise and mortality-wise for our our herds. So really encourage producers to keep a close eye on things as we go through a, a, you know, subsequent hot summer. Dr. Stephanie Smith is Saskatchewan's Chief Veterinary Officer. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch Eavestroffs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavestroffs.ca Wheat and canola markets were very volatile but generally mixed this week. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Pacalo says spring wheat futures fell 40 cents a bushel while canola was up $20 a ton for the week. Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front here, canola's actually had a bit of a wild ride. In the last three days, we're up approximately $70 a ton, actually, on November canola. So reaching new contract highs today, up limit as uh, we're talking here mid-morning. On the Minneapolis wheat front, a bit of fireworks from the USDA report last week. So Minneapolis wheat here has actually declined approximately 40, 40 cents, sitting just above $8, uh, $8.08 a, a bushel here on the September contract. So one of the biggest things that, again, I've been speaking with clients about is is how the weather has been really kind of taking hold of, of the grain markets here. Weather conditions have been improving in the states for the corn and, and soybean areas. So we've definitely seen those markets decline from the highs. When it comes to spring wheat, however, still very dry conditions. And that has definitely been keeping the prices quite strong. So for the week, you mentioned three days for canola. For the whole week, how was canola done? Well, and that's that's actually the interesting part here then. So when you actually look at the week, canola is only up about $20 a ton. So we did see quite a big decline for a couple days. And then 
in the last three, we've kind of surpassed the highs. So what I'm seeing now is, again, dry dry trends for sure in the markets here. And traders have been really pushing the market up quite high. Soybean oil has started to turn a little bit higher here. That's helping support the canola side of the market. Um, as well, too, in the last few days, the Canadian dollar has uh, did break below 80 cents yesterday. So I think that was supportive as well, too. Today, we're up a little bit on the Canadian dollar. But again, I'm seeing quite strong trends positively for, for all the grains here right now. So the outlook for next week and beyond? Well, next week, kind of one thing to watch is that there is going to be a a USDA report on Tuesday. That might have some fluctuations in the markets for sure. Now, what I'm, again, this is the time of year where the weather is the main factor of the markets here. And, you know, definitely looking at how many kind of the acre side of things, the yield side of things, though that's what traders are definitely watching. The weekly crop condition reports, all of those influences are, are really driving the markets here now. Adam Piccolo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your RealAgriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. I am Lindsay Smith with Real Agriculture and Real Ag Radio. We head now to Tisdale, Saskatchewan, and we're talking with Chris Meyerly. Did I say that right? Yep. Woo! Okay. That's right. I'm I'm working on this. When you only know people from Twitter, let's say, and you read their names, <laughs> yeah, exactly. no one says their names. <laughs> so I have to guess. Anyway, Chris, what's no keeping yeah, what's keeping you busy in Tisdale this week? Well, this week we're uh, spraying a little bit of fungicide on some crops here. It started on Monday, and uh, we're moving some green out. Some of our trying to get the bins empty before harvest, and going through some harvest machinery, getting it ready to go, and cleaning some oats for a gluten-free market that we supply. So, yeah, busy on the farm this week still. So, okay, super cool. So if you grow oats for, or you clean oats for gluten-free, how, like, how do you make sure absolutely no wheat shall enter the oat crop? So our our crops, yeah, so it's all for a gluten-free market. We grow it and clean it. So we, uh, it gets cropping. The field is inspected uh, before it's harvested to, you know, to make sure that there's no gluten in it, wheat, barley, or rye. And uh, then, you know, we were very stringent on our cleaning methods of our combines, our augers, our green trucks. Um, you know, it goes into bins that we typically would never put a gluten product into. So we have some bins that are dedicated just for oats for this market. And then we run it through our seed cleaning plant. It goes through uh, two more tests. Um, like uh, uh, external labs away from my farm to, to uh, for uh, quality and for purity to make sure there's no wheat in it. And then as we deliver this product, as once it's cleaned and we deliver it to their plant in Regina, it is every load is is checked thoroughly to make sure that there's no gluten in any load. So if there's 
there's any gluten in there, those loads get rejected, and we end up having to sell them into a into a into a different market. So yeah, so yeah, so there's a lot of protocols that go in place to make sure that we're not delivering anything that's got any gluten. Yeah, in. wow, and starts in the field. That's kind of cool. Like right from yeah, it starts, yeah. It starts in well, it starts it starts with the seed, right? The yep. seed that we actually plant has to be tested to pr- and tested to prove that it's got no gluten in it to start with. So no, you know, you're lo- yeah. no weeds or barley or rye in that oat seed when we start. So we have to start with certified seed and then have it inspected throughout the growing season and then several times after the growing season before it gets delivered. So. Huh. Now, does that, so do you have fields that, because they will eventually be, be that oat in rotation, that you don't put wheat or barley or rye on ever? I wouldn't say never, but we have a, like a long rotation between green crops and this oat crop. The, their protocol is at least three years with no okay. gluten on. Yeah. But typically I'm trying to go, you know, maybe four or five years to, just to, to mitigate that risk. Okay. Very cool. Um, yeah. Now, Tisdale, so you're on the eastern side of the province, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, so, kind of the northeast growing region. The yeah. northeast growing region of Saskatchewan, yeah. So, and now, how has rainfall been? Now, your southern neighbors, of course, have, have really struggled quite a bit, uh, but sounds like you, you have a half-decent crop up your way. We, we do have a, it looks pretty good at the moment, but we are definitely below our, our average rainfall. We're probably sitting at about 40% of our normal rainfall. Um, so we've only had about uh, two and a quarter inches of rain since the snow melted. Mm. We were very fortunate to have a good snow cover last year and get lots of snow. And so we had some subsoil moisture to start with, which is kind of carrying the crops through right now. But uh, I would say that, uh, you know, after last week, we had uh, a week of 30 degrees plus every day up to 35, 36 here, which you know the crops are holding on pretty good right now, but they're they're gonna we're gonna need some rain to help fill this crop now. And to, you know, I'd say at best we're at an average crop mm-hmm. going forward. If we do get some rain here in the near probably in the next week to ten days, we're gonna need some rain. And if we don't get that, then the crops are gonna start going backwards pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a tough one. Thanks so much uh, for joining us from Tisdale, Saskatchewan. Yep. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy today, 30% chance of showers, risk of a thunderstorm, the high today 25 degrees. The low 14. Saturday, sunny, the high 29, the low 16. Sunday, sunny, hot, the high 31, the low 15. Monday, sunny, the high 27, the low 13. Tuesday, sunny, the high 27, the low 13. Wednesday, sunny, the high 27, the low 14. Thursday, sunny, and a high of 30. Normal high is 25, the normal low is 11. The sun rose at 4.58 this morning. It sets at 9.10 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, again, just like yesterday, quite a big surprise to me. It's up north. The island falls is the hot spot at 31 degrees. And the cold spot in the southwest corner at Cypress Hills 
22 degrees. Estevan is 23, Saskatoon 29, Swift Current 26, Weyburn 24, Yorkton is 27. It's cloudy in Regina 26, that's 79 Fahrenheit, winds are from the southwest at 10. Humidity is 53%, the barometer rising 101.7. Partly cloudy in Moose Jaw 27 degrees, winds are from the south at 8. Once again, Regina cloudy in 26, that's 79 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers, mcdougallauctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. Crops in west-central Saskatchewan are showing signs of heat stress. The Provincial Crop Extension Specialist in Kindersley, John Ippolito, says many fields need rain. Kindersley, Rosetown, I guess probably the best way to describe it is it's highly variable. There's a big chunk, especially Rosetown, Kindersley, and South, that are uh, not looking very good at all. They've been drought-stressed for almost the entire growing season, uh, and it's really starting to show now, although... At the same time, surprising how well the crop is hanging on given the moisture conditions they've had. When you get a little farther north, crops definitely look better. There is they have caught the benefit of some showers and you know maybe some better snow infiltration in the winter. So crops are definitely better, but none of them are, I guess, what I would call fantastic. It's I think even in the better areas, guys will probably be happy if they have an average yield. So the crops that are suffering from heat stress, are they showing signs of being uh, short and heading out already? Uh, yeah, for sure. That's exactly what we're seeing. Canary seed and derm uh, is very short heading out. Lentils haven't even filled in the rows. The canopy hasn't kind of totally covered the ground, and, and they're going to be fairly short as well. They are flowering and uh, forming pods, and peas are doing the same, flowering and forming pods. But we're definitely you know, at the spot for a lot of those crops anyways. Rain would be very soon would be very helpful, but I think for the cereals, even rain now would ensure that we maintain what we got there, but it's not going to improve things, I don't think, to any great degree. So crops need rain. Is any of it been turned into cattle feed or turned for cattle feed? Not yet, but I anticipate some of that will be done. Talking with some livestock people, um, well, part of it is the cereals aren't quite at the right stage that we would normally cut for green feet. And I know there is some growers that, you know, deliberately planted some cereals quite late with the idea that those cereals will be green feed. So no cereals being harvested for feed yet, but I anticipate that, you know, that will start to occur maybe relatively soon on some field. Barley in particular seems to be uh, showing the signs of the stress more so than the, than the wheat. So anybody that was thinking barley green feed, there may be something happening in those fields in the next week or so. How are pastures? 
they've actually held up reasonably well in in, in you know Kinnersley and North. Same when you get quite a ways north of Rosetown, but there probably could be challenges with carrying capacity as we get closer to the end of the summer, given that rainfall hasn't been really abundant. John F. Polito is the Provincial Crop Extension Specialist in Kindersley in West Central Saskatchewan. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And SMHI, landowners, SMHI provides continuous coverage at cost. Contact your RM office today. Municipal Hale, Farmers Insuring Farmers. Farmers in the southwest and northeast part of Saskatchewan are, have been taking steps to control grasshoppers. Provincial Insect Control Specialist James Tanzi says the outlook for grasshoppers this year was low, but there have been some flare-ups. We have had some reports of spraying in uh, the southwest and in the Tisdale uh, region. We had a report of a large population in rangeland southeast of Weyburn. Um, uh, at, uh, at, at relatively uh, high numbers. This, this is a population that seems to repeat itself. So what we're seeing right now are uh, clearwing adults. We've had some reports of migratory grasshopper uh, adults as well. So things are moving through their, uh, through their development pretty quickly. What I've been hearing so far and seeing so far is that two-strike grasshopper, is, uh, which has a relatively broad host range, which will attack a large number of crops, uh, is still working through its development, so it's still in the nymphal stage. Uh, but when uh, when those ones begin to peak uh, in the next few weeks, uh, with heat comes development, and and as those uh, uh, increase, then then I then I anticipate some more broadly ranging reports. So clearwing is important primarily in cereal crops. It's a, it's a grass lover. So uh, it, when push comes to shove, it can be an occasional pest in flax. But it's typically uh, seen in uh, grassland settings, so you know it does like grasses, cereal crops, and and rangeland. The other ones tend to be uh, uh, have broader host ranges, so uh, they will accept different crop species pretty happily. How would you describe the outlook for the summer? Is it relatively low, or just what is the outlook? It's too soon to say anything. Anything is alarming, but uh, with the dry conditions, we are getting localized hotspots. The forecast that we saw last year indicated that the the numbers of of grasshoppers contributing to this year's population was relatively low across the province. So that is uh, uh, the product of about 1,200 sites being sampled. And of course, Saskatchewan is a great big place. So there's there's a chance that we could miss hot spots with those. But overall, province-wide, we're looking at not an alarming year, but we are, we are looking at some localized uh, damage and some localized spraying. The hot weather we had last week, cool weather this week. What is the hot weather good for hoppers or what? As a rule, yeah. They tend to like it warm. They tend to like it dry. Especially uh, uh, the dry is more important when they're young. So in the uh, late spring, early summer, big rain events can contribute to drowning of you know relatively small hatchlings. They can be subject to disease as well, and, and the moisture can contribute to that. So cool, moist conditions pretty hard on uh, pretty hard on these animals, especially when they're young. But when it's warm and dry, they tend to get freed up from some of the diseases that might keep the populations down, and it helps them speed through their development more quickly. What other insect problems have farmers had this growing season so far? We've had reports, of course, of, of flea beetles, some, some localized damage all across the province, primarily with striped, uh, and those uh, most of the damage with those 
in more northerly regions. We have had some reports in the south too, of course. Uh, we're hearing about cabbage seed pod weevil spraying occurring in the uh, in the southwest. So that's one for canola growers to keep an eye out for. We've had uh, reports of barley thrips as well, and with those at economic levels in, in cereal crops. So that's one for growers to keep an eye out for too. Uh, it seems that the insecticide that is, or insecticides that are registered for, for barley thrips control are a little bit hard to come by right now as are some of the grasshopper control products. So it's it's important for people to maybe look for a potential supply for those in, in anticipation of, of potential problems. We've had also uh, a few sites pop up with uh, damaging uh, Paratrichus convivus numbers. So that's uh, a, a little red bug that's a member of the family called the dirt-colored seed bugs. And we've had some reports primarily in flax, but also in canola of those ones this year. Localized reports, but they have been very damaging. Relatively conspicuous little animal. They're, they're the, you know, teeny tiny little beasts, bright red as nymphs. They can cause a lot of damage very quickly. To which crops? They have a really broad host range. Most of what we've been seeing this year in flax, we've, we've seen them in canola. We've had pre- uh, previous reports in cereal crops, and uh, a couple of years ago, some corn growers were getting hit really hard. So it seems there's, there's a lot on the menu for these ones. Is there a control for it? There's nothing registered for their control, unfortunately. Where did it come from? It's actually a native. So there, there was a time when it, when it was actually called Peritrichus uh, saskatchewanensis. So we've known about the animal for you know roughly about 100 years. And uh, we, we know some indication from, from the 1940s and the 1960s of populations coming up and being damaging. It seems to be a periodic problem. We're still learning a lot about it. So typically, if we get a report, then I try to get out there as well as uh, Dr. Tyler Wist from uh, Ag Canada. And oftentimes, we'll meet up at sites, and, and every time we go out there, we learn a little bit more about it. Yeah, to my knowledge, uh, no companies are looking at registering control products for it. It is a periodic pest, so you know I can under, I can understand the economics might not be there for, for some of the ag chemical companies to invest in label extensions and the work required to get that stuff registered for that animal. But yeah, some control products would, would certainly be helpful. James Tanzi is the insect control specialist for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market update brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. And brought to you by Sask Pork. Saskatchewan's growing and vibrant hog industry creates economic spin-offs and career opportunities in our rural communities. Find out more, visit saskpork.com. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Canola gained thirty dollars at eight nineteen fifty seven. Number one red spring wheat went down sixty one cents at three thirty eight zero nine. The rest were unchanged. Durham three seventeen eighty three. Feed barley two fifty four sixty five. Flax six seventy seven ninety four. Lentils seven fifty one fifty. Oats two sixteen fifty three. Yellow peas three forty one seventy six and feed wheat two thirty eight eighty four. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, September spring wheat is up one and three quarter cents at eight oh six three quarter cent a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM.
The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now the latest Livestock Quotes. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. 320 on offer here in Moose Jaw this week. The cow market looked steady to last week. Lots of cows showing up right across western Canada. The good cows, 88 to 92. Sales rate up to 94 and 50. The medium cows from 80 to 89. And these shelly cows from 72 right up to 80. The good bulls look maybe a hair stronger, a dollar eight to nineteen sales rate up to one twenty three seventy five. We sold eighteen good heifers, eight nineteen. They come from Winiska Cattle Company right out of Bengoff there at a dollar eighty and a quarter. That's fourteen hundred and seventy six bucks a heifer. Maybe these yearlings should be in coming to town unless you got lots of grass waving in the wind. Off truck yearling sale here on Tuesday, July thirteenth. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. This is both brand and moose jaw plants. $238.28 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team. Fueling farms, feeding families. In Cupar, Ituna, Lipton and Strasburg. Saskatchewan's Crown Corporations are reporting strong financial results this week. The province says the Crown Corporations provided $639 million in programming and economic supports to ease the impact of COVID-19 on residents and businesses. The Crown sector also continued to invest in infrastructure while providing the lowest utility expenses in Canada. Crown Investments Minister Don Morgan says the Crown's implemented a utility interest waiver and deferral program and waived numerous fees and charges like data overage to help residents and businesses cope with the pandemic. This past year, the Crown's recorded net earnings of $585 million and provided $150 million to the General Revenue Fund to support government priorities. The Crown Corporations invested $1.2 billion in utility systems. Other supports include the $285 million for auto fund rebates, $262 million for SAS power rebates, and almost $9 million for SASTEL credits. On the markets, the TSX is up 143 points at 20,204. The Dow has gained 409 points at 34,830. Oil is up $1.49 at 74.43 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is up 36 one-hundredths of a cent at 80.14 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.